Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Nerd Out Loud podcast, where we talk about the things that you nerd out about and we nerd out about and everybody nerds out about. Today is Tuesday, August 11th, the year of our Lord, 2015, and I am Jeremy Holmes, joined by my illustrious, lovely, glowing, charming, vivacious partner in life and in love, Christina Wise, everybody. Hello. You like your introduction? I do. Yes, it's nice. Okay. It's nice to hear you say nice things about me. I say nice things about you all the time. I didn't say that you didn't. I just said. Well, here we are, Christy. We're kind of back to the groove. We had a little break leading up to the 100th episode. We had, it was almost a month off, I think. And now we're kind of back, back to the, uh, back to our regularly, un, our regular, unregular release schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, an episode a week. And how are you feeling about being back? We're back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You excited. You full sure. of love. <laughs> <laughs> you full of excitement and joy and happiness. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm excited. I, I I missed I missed I missed this. So it's very fun to uh have the chance to kind of get back to it and start talking about stuff again. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do we have a show for you today. <laughs> this is going to be the long awaited vegan episode. We've discussed this several times. I've had some great conversations as a result of it, and uh we were able to chat with a wonderful vegan that is i guess a a full-time professional vegan i guess is that a thing yeah she's a professional vegan i guess that's what she does professionally (laughs) veganizes things okay so uh before we get into that last week during our 100th episode you said that you had an invention Mm -hmm. that you know something that you wanted to uh Shark Tank, an idea that you wanted to present to yes. the to the investors. I do. I yeah. do. Let's uh now's your time to shine, Christy. Okay. Just like with every good invention, it comes from a need. And what I noticed is um I, I was semi Facebook stalking someone and noticed that their whole feed was filled with selfies. Okay. Selfie at the airport, on the airplane. Mm-hmm. During the connecting flight, on the other airplane, just filled with selfies. So, what I have invented is, this is a required app that would be um, playing in the background of every smartphone, as they say. Okay. It's an app that, after your third selfie of the day is taken, Mm -hmm. your camera becomes locked. Okay. You are not allowed to take more than three selfies in a 24-hour period. Interesting. Yes. And is this just the front-facing camera? Or does it, I mean, how does it detect, how does it detect that it's a selfie? Does it have, I mean, I'm is, just this, the ideas is person. it a software-based solution where it's doing like some kind of face detection thing and it can tell from the angle and the blur, you know, the blur in the picture or whatever, oh, this is a selfie? Mm-hmm. Or is it like a, is it a hardware thing where, oh, they use the front facing camera. So obviously that's a selfie. 
I'm not a developer, Jeremy. I'm just an ideas person. <laughs> I see. Okay. So that okay. that is what should be required on all phones. And then how long does it lock your phone for? 24 hours. 24 no, hours. No, it doesn't lock your phone. It locks the, the camera. camera. The camera becomes disabled. Okay. For so 24 hours. Let's say that there's a way to... So it, it can... Obviously, it can tell if it's a selfie because for whatever reason it can. Uh, does it allow you to take other pictures that aren't selfies? I haven't decided that that might be a later function. We just need to get this out on the market right mm -hmm. now. Maybe with the new iOS update that's going to be coming out soon. Okay. Get that out on the market and then maybe that can be an upgrade you can buy. But also, here's the best part, <laughs> is your warning uh -huh. on your third photo. So it oh. lets you take two. It lets you take that third one. Mm -hmm. Then it just flashes, you're a douche. Uh -huh. And then camera's disabled. 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 That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and I was going to ask you what uh, what what that message should be. What, but you said you're a douche mm -hmm. is what the message. It can be, be different, I guess. Okay. Maybe you can even customize it. I'm just surprised stop. that you don't have. I mean, I I feel like. How about just stop? Just stop. I guess. Yeah. I feel like it should be a little bit more developed. Um, I feel like, I feel like, uh, I think that whether or not you can take more pictures afterwards is a pretty important. Whether you can take pictures in that 24-hour lockout period that mm -hmm. are not selfies, that's a pretty important thing to know. Um, why, do you, why do you dislike selfies so much? I just think that we don't need... No one needs to see your face that much. Okay. Okay. And it's a... And on this one, the first and first time you take a picture in a bathroom mirror... Mm -hmm. Where the phone is visible, mm -hmm. your phone just just smokes, starts smoking, and doesn't it disintegrates. You don't deserve a phone anymore. Are these photos causing harm to you in some way? Yeah. <laughs> is there? It, it gets my blood pressure going, Jeremy. <laughs> honestly, um, is there a reason that you? Is there a reason that you don't just remove these people from your social media feeds if you don't enjoy seeing their pictures? I could do that. Might be an option. But also, I just hate, there's a new woman at work. Mm -hmm. I walked by her office, and she okay. was taking a selfie of herself. Right. Selfie of herself. I don't like that way. She was taking a selfie. She's, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to take a picture of her taking a selfie. Yeah. That's something I could get behind. I, I, I do not Shaming share, the selfie? Not shaming. Not shaming. Celebrating. I don't have a problem with selfies. Of I think, course you I think don't. selfies are great. And I... I I mean, even even if I didn't have feelings about it one way or another, mm -hmm. I think that I think that it's not harming anybody, and so I, you know, I can, mm -hmm. I'm I'm not I just don't share the same hatred towards them that you do, you know. Um, but that said, I do love I do love watching people take selfies of themselves. Okay, like or selfies of their. Well, I need to stop doing that. Apparently, I just need to say selfies because it's. Mm -hmm. Self-explanatory. Yeah. Selfie-explanatory, yeah. as it were. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it is really entertaining to watch people, like, go through the process of trying to find the right angle. When I try and – when I take selfies of myself, I am embarrassed because I know there's lots of people like you out there mm -hmm. that are, like, being judgmental or being critical. And, um, and <laughs> I'm aware of that. And – um, you know, have some shame about that, obviously. So I oftentimes tr you find don't myself have much trying to be trying to be secretive or I'm either secretive or like over the top goofy, like 
I'm doing this ironically. Like I'm ironically taking a selfie. Myself. Yeah. Here's the thing is it just feels that it's um, the product or the symptom or the proof of just raging narcissism that is out there in society right now. I think that there's a difference between narcissism and just self-confidence and self-esteem, though. Do you, Does someone really need 45 pictures of themselves boarding an airplane? Well, I think... And posting it? I think that... I think that it's a great way to, to, I mean, if you receive affirmation that way, if that's how you're encouraged and built up, but okay, what well, we could go down this road forever, but, uh, it touched on actually an article that I wanted to bring up today. Anyway, I saw, um, uh, if you're a TBTL fan, you know who Stubot is. Mm-hmm. Stubot actually shared this article himself and it, it very much resonated with me and it has to do with the selfie stick, which is something that you have also been very outspoken, mm-hmm. outspoken against. Um, and uh, the title of the article, this is on Super Bowl Nation or SB Nation, which I'm assuming stands for Super Bowl. I don't actually know. SB Sports I don't know. SB, it's on SB Nation. Um, selfie sticks are fine, and people who hate them are broken. <laughs> but okay. John uh, Boyce, he broke this article up into a series of uh, paragraphs or sentences, and I was just going to touch on some of them. Uh, it says, this article is tuned to various degrees of confidence. Changes in my level of confidence slash seriousness in my statements will be noted accordingly. So underneath mm-hmm. each sentence, there's like a percentage of how confident he is in that <laughs> state statement. Okay. Um, selfie sticks are great because with selfie sticks, you can take a photo of yourself from the angle that you would like. Neat. The criticism of selfie sticks, most often said out loud, is that they're obnoxious and obstructive in crowded public settings. In certain circumstances, such as concerts, I could buy that. Okay, he's 68% on there. Mm -hmm. Although if you have it in you to be bothered by your half-obstructed view, to be barely more obstructed by a few selfie sticks, you're probably too uptight to appreciate music anyway. Try some marijuana pot. It's 100%. (laughs) 100 percent on that one um then he talks about he lives near um or he works near times square and oftentimes Mm. walks through times square and mentions that uh he believes that times square is actually the selfie stick capital of the universe i agree with that (laughs) i mean i haven't been there since but i can't even imagine yeah he also said that he i mean he avoids it Regardless of the selfie stick issue, but he does yeah, say it's the worst place on earth when he is there. I have suffered literally zero inconvenience from this, from the selfie sticks. That, there, that there, can't be true. There are those out there who have suffered the existential horror of having been bumped by a plastic stick one time. And I don't mean to trivialize their stories or their struggles. I can tell you that this has never happened to me. I just more, um, Central Park is already known as like the worst place for walking and traffic. And the the point about people just stop. I've seen this in, in Seattle downtown. They just stop in the middle of the street and take the picture and mm-hmm. are are blocking up traffic that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt me physically. Yeah. It's just That's def- annoying. That could be a lack of spatial awareness. I mean, it's situation. like someone wa- stopping their car on the freeway to take a photo. Right. Well... I think that probably stopping on the sidewalk and stopping on the freeway are a little different, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, the false problem of obstructive annoyance is the criticism uh, people say out loud 
the stick component is just the touchstone for their grievances. The problem they actually have with the selfie stick is the selfie itself because they're waspy as hell and can't loosen up or stop inventing problems. (laughs) But I would say, I mean, inventing problems or finding problems is also kind of like, that's a little bit your thing to a certain extent. Oh, with the drone strike. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's your your bit. And I, I, I get that. I understand. I mean, it's not that I am hurt by this or whatever. It just, I just find it stupid. I mean, it doesn't even really annoy me. It just, you're looking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next selfie you see on Instagram or Facebook or wherever will probably have likes and positive comments. Selfies are a way to boost ourselves and each other up. They're great. The selfie stick helps get more people in the shot. It's cool, fun, and unless you're a misanthrope, perfectly benign. Meaning it doesn't, you know, no harm, no foul. And, you know, he goes on to kind of explore that thought a little bit and points out some of the other criticism that people have brought up, mentions the narcissism thing like you and that kind of stuff. And he says, Mm -hmm. even if it does, you know, goes on to kind of explain, even if it is narcissistic, it's still not harming anybody. That's what they should have called it, is a narcissistic. Hey, there we go. You should, uh, I feel like... And then it should just be in big yellow letters, I'm an ass. I feel like that would actually be a really good tweet or something, or, or, uh... Should I do it right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I saw that we've talked quite a bit about selfie sticks. I think we come down on two different kind of two different ballparks but i will say this you guys with the holidays coming up um you can purchase a selfie stick or no. whatever and you can um christy would love christy would love one if you're you know we've had people mail us things from time to time i think that uh i think that she would love to get i think that maybe she would love to get one herself for the holidays May, but I, have you ever used a selfie stick no no what would it take to get you to use one I don't know if someone had one and is like a friend had one and said, Hey, let's do yeah. a group photo. I think, you know, I, I, I have, I have a little, I get the same little twinge of judginess when I see somebody with them sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, at first. Um, and honestly, when I look, when I look inside myself and re- reflect upon why I think I might be feeling that way, um, I, I think that part of me is jealous, jealous of the fact one? that they, are that they don't care enough to just do that you know that they're they're brave enough to to just boldly do do, you know do that in public so they can get the perfect shot you know because i don't even i feel uncomfortable just taking pictures with my phone in public like it just feels kind of weird sometimes or i feel like i need to hide it all the time or like i'm doing something wrong or whatever and so i think maybe part of me is Maybe part of me is jealous. I mean, that's why I always love like uh, our friend Robert Pape. Every time that he's come to town or we've gone to an event, he's been there. He always takes lots of pictures. And mm-hmm. I really I really appreciate that because we end up with lots of great pictures from the event, which I love. But I don't also have this fear of like being the guy that takes pictures for some reason. It's like a this insecurity on my part. So I think that maybe part of me initially when I see other people with the selfie sticks, maybe I get kind of jealous that they have the either confidence or lack of awareness to just do it. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe I wish I could 
be that dis- disconnected from worrying about what everybody else thinks all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But also, conversely, yes, someone that's constantly taking photos of themselves has the self-confidence, but when they go to the point of posting it, mm-hmm. hoping to get likes, mm-hmm. it's a false sense of of self-confidence because Is they- I think so. I think that they're doing it because they want people to make comments or they want people to like the photos yeah. or... Do you like compliments? Uh, ish. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I feel, I feel like, I feel like that's a normal thing for people to want to like compliments. Anyway, when you post 10 within an hour mm-hmm. though. No go for you. I think that there's something else. Yeah. I, think, I mean, I think something's broke Yeah, in you, okay. not me for, for, uh, being in me personally or no. somebody that, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, you know, maybe I would love to hear from, I would love to hear from, you know, our, our friends, the, the listeners. Yes. Yeah. It, pro enthusiast. selfie, anti selfie. Um, let us know, tweet us or whatever face comment on Facebook and let us know how you feel about selfies. Cause I'm curious where other people fall on this. And discussion. I just want to define that selfie means a photo of you mm-hmm. that you've taken. No right. one else is in that photo. I think there could be. No, other. then it's an ussy. Okay, okay. I'm I'm serious. Yeah, I I I don't go. I don't get that nitpicky. I would. I'm not against me. you taking a picture of, like the you just posted one right of the two of us, mm-hmm. and you manually took the photo. Yeah, but that's that's, a ussy. that's not the same as me taking a picture, a bunch of photos of myself doing mm-hmm. different random things and posting it. It's, okay. There's a difference. So for you, there's a delineation there. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So well, we only want to hear about <laughs> how we just defined well, selfie. Well, I, I, I'm interested in every. I'm interested in everybody's take because maybe maybe they don't maybe they don't believe fall in line with that definition of selfie. Maybe to them a selfie is as long as it's a picture taken by an individual. Maybe there's other people in the picture. Maybe there's not. Uh, you know, maybe. So we'll, let's just let's wait and uh, hear what people have to say about but it. But what I what I'm against is the self photo. Mm-hmm. Just you of just the one person. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what's the, the annoying part. Mm-hmm. I mean, I told you before that my family had a whole thing back in the day of digital, not even digital cameras, thirty five millimeter cameras mm-hmm. of, and we called it self portrait. And it would, wherever we would go, we would do that. Yeah. And someone would take it. And sometimes it would be of just of our foreheads because mm. we didn't get to see a preview of it. That's why, maybe that's why you're so against, maybe that's why you're so against this because it's just old news to you. You've been doing yeah, it Yeah, we invented it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So when I'm saying, but I just want you to know and understand mm-hmm. and the listeners to understand that when I'm saying selfie, that is the parameters of which I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see where you're coming from, and I can I I understand your point. I just don't think I agree with it, but okay. I but I respect you for believing that. Okay. Um, okay. So we uh we also got you know if you go to nerdoutloudpod.com, we have all of our contact information on there. There's our Facebook, our Twitter. There's a phone number. You can call and leave a voicemail. You can text it. There's email address. There's a form. Somebody filled out the web so- web form on uh on our site and sent us a really nice message over the weekend. I just thought I would read it. It's a way of saying thank you because it touched my heart. Okay. 
Hey, Jeremy, I just wanted to say that I really enjoy your podcast. I discovered your podcast about a year ago and have to say that it's gotten me through some tough times at work. I work as a cook for the U.S. Navy uh, on a ship that I'm going to leave out for (laughs) anonymous reasons. Um, Listening to your podcast has really made some boring hours pass by fast. I hope to listen to your full podcast library and those of TBTL. I doubt it. Little Red Bandwagon, and Eureka when my ship goes on deployment. Thank you so much for the entertainment. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And I wonder how he heard about us. Yeah, I have no idea. I, um, I'm going to write him back and send a little thank you message or whatever. And I just thought, I thought that was cool. If he actually digs into the back episodes of all those podcasts, hopefully he's going to, I mean, that's, I guess he's going to be on deployment for usually people go out for a year or two. Mm-hmm. So I guess that'll be plenty of time to catch up. Cause that's a, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of content, but I love hearing that. I love hearing that he found us. And I also love hearing that, you know, we talk about other shows on this show, you know, and he's that it's spilling over onto those guys. So our friends over at Eureka and I doubt it. You're welcome. <laughs> I just thought that was cool. Anyway. Yes. And if anybody else wants to, you can send us messages. They don't have to be nice. They can be, they could be mean. Mm-mm. We'll probably read the mean ones too. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can just go to nerdoutloudpod.com. All of uh, the contact information is on there. So uh, now that we've had an extensive discussion about selfies <laughs> and uh, and your in your Shark Tank situation, um, let's uh, let's let's jump into this uh, this interview with. Emily from the Bite Size Vegan. Now you you weren't able to be there at the time that it worked out to talk mm-hmm. to her, but um, we you have since listened to it, and we'll be a uh, we'll be right back after to discuss a little bit more. And uh, I actually have some vegetable themed space news. So oh, good, we all stay can't tuned wait. for that. <laughs> So this this um, show is going to be about uh, about vegan veganism. Is that the right <laughs> way to say it? Yeah, that's the word. And somehow it still will like Microsoft Word and like you're if you're writing an email, it'll still say it's spelled wrong. It, it's like for some reason it's still not recognized. Of I'm not sure why. Uh, yeah. So I I just want to talk to you about it because I personally um I I am not I am not vegan, but um I'm. Uh, then I can't continue this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, actually, my my girlfriend is getting really irritated with me because I keep on saying that it's something that I want to do and I want to learn more about, and like I'll still eat animal products once in a while, but then like we go grocery shopping, and I'm like I don't want to buy that big bag of chicken, and she she's irritated with me because um she feels like I'm I'm picking and choosing, and I'm like I'm trying to be I'm I'm trying to make smart choices and. Uh, and and learn and you know you know be be responsible about the things that i put in my body and uh, i'm curious to learn more and so i'm excited to i'm excited to talk to you about well, it well i'm always happy to educate about veganism and i think you know sometimes i think people circle it for a while and then there's usually some sort of kind of final spark or final connection they make and they go for it yeah um, you know and then there's people who start for 
health reasons to like get a nice bud or something and then they're they stay in veganism long enough to make a deeper connection and then like it holds you know but it just it, it kind of varies with each person as to how they how they make it there yeah and could, could you tell me a little bit about your your journey with veganism and how how you got started with it yeah absolutely um the funny thing is every most people have um what's called a, a anniversary, which is like, you know, the anniversary of the time of the day they go vegan. And I actually don't have one of those because I, I don't even remember exactly when it happened. I do know that my mother tells me when I was four years old, I started to refuse to eat meat or anything I could tell was once alive. Mm -hmm. Like I just wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. And, um, I mean, it's kind of been with me for a long time. I was always into nature and animals and I went to like, you know, wildlife camp in the woods and, you know, would come back and plaster the, the, well, you know, all the girls had like teen idols and stuff. I had like endangered animals that I would put up on my wall and I would, you know, try to educate people. And I'd go around the neighborhood instead of selling Girl Scout cookies. I, um, got a kit from the Diane Fossey foundation and would educate about the poaching of gorillas. And people kind of laughed me off because I was super short and just this little kid. And they're like, Oh, isn't that cute? And I was like, angry. I was like, <laughs> the gorillas are dying, yeah. you know? So I've just always kind of been like inclined towards that to an extent, but it's also been a journey for me as far as, um, for me, the journey has been more finding my voice as an activist rather than, you know, just being a, a vegan, like, you know, trying to find how do I talk about this? Because I never really, and I still feel like I'm, I'm growing and learning, but it was kind of like figuring out like how to, to best, you know, educate about veganism in a manner that's approachable, but I, I never compromise on the issues and my values, but I also try to come at it in a way that is, um, effective and approachable for people who aren't yet vegan you know, but without, you know, giving leeway and saying like, oh, well, it is okay to do this. At the same time, though, kind of a, more of a gentle introduction, but also incredibly fact-based and well-researched is, mm -hmm. is kind of what I, what I aim to do. And so I should probably back this up. I never really formally introduced you. You are, you are like a, a vegan educator by, by, by trade. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's your, uh, that's your, that's your job, right? Yeah, it, it it's it somehow became that. And I mean, I think I I think on my about section something like I'm an artist activist and bite-sized vegan, you know, like cuz I'm I'm still very short. Um but yeah, I I have become a full-time activist educator slash artist and which is pretty phenomenal honestly. Um but that's what I do. I spend probably Usually at least 90 or more hours a week, you know, working on, mm. on my channel and my videos just because, um, the bigger educational ones take so much research to do. And, um, it's a lot of work, but I love it. Yeah. You know, and I, I love hearing from people who, you know, have changed their lives or their entire families have changed their, their way of eating and approaching, you know, animals and, and all aspects of their lives just from watching the videos. And then I'll have people who are like, you know, like I'm not quite there yet, but I'm, I'm still watching and I'm going to get there, you know? So there's all kinds of different people that it ends up reaching, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And when, when you say, um, fact, fact-based or research-based are, is that, um, are there a lot of misconceptions out there about veganism that you have to respond to or? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, there's kind of, there's kind of the generic ones. There's this, this meme that's out there that's, um, a bit cynical, but incredibly accurate. 
uh, and it's called Carnist Bingo because Carn for some people aren't familiar, Carnism is kind of was kind of coined by Melanie Joy, who write who wrote um, Why We Love Dogs, Wear Cows, and Eat Pigs, and Carnism is kind of this mentality of uh, of you know like just consuming these animals and 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 kind of having that um, arbitrary distinction between the ones that we eat and the ones that we don't eat and things like that, but. Um, there's something called Carnist Bingo, and it has, you know, each little bingo spot is one of the, the stereotypical objections to veganism. Like, uh, well, what about protein? Or our ancestors ate meat? Or what about lions? Which, you know, we usually just say lions, though, because that's what people will say. Like, well, lions, though. Um, you know, and then you have, I mean, there's there's all of these kind of rote uh, objections that people come up. So really there's, there's yet to be an objection I haven't heard before. Yeah. Um, but if I can tell that someone is coming from a place where they, you know, for them, this might be the first time that they've voiced this objection. They might not know that this is something that literally every non-vegan will eventually ask. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, sometimes people are just kind of throwing them out there. You can tell it's an aggressive, like, oh, well, you know, whatever. But, uh, but for people who I can tell are, are honestly, they just, you know, they actually want to know the answer to this. You know, I'll answer it like I've answered it the first time ever, you know, because like I said, I try to put myself in other people's shoes. And for them, if they're honestly like this just came to them and they're like, oh, what about this? And they really want to know, I'm going to take the time to answer it and in a grounded manner for them. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like if they honestly are curious, there's no reason for me to be super flippant. Um, but it is kind of amusing after a while. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've had people who, when they get really aggressive on social media, like I had one woman on, on Instagram go through literally every single one of those, like, like I would answer one and she'd come back with the next. And it was like, it was amazing. It was like the exact same arguments that you always hear, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> what are, I mean, can you, you don't have to, obviously you don't have to go through all of them, but can, can you go through or, you know, explain to me a couple of the biggest, most common things that people come at you uh, and, and what your response might be? Yeah, well, one of the one of the big things is protein. You know, of course, everyone. Well, what about my protein? The funny thing is, in America, I don't even know if anyone is lacking protein in America. Honestly, <laughs> like the, the we really have an excess of protein, right. and in the world in general, it's probably a very small fraction of of the population. The way that you can lack protein is if you lack sufficient calories, number one, mm -hmm. or if you're only eating like highly, highly processed foods, um, like the little Debbies and Twinkies all day, you're not going to get enough protein. If you're eating enough calories and you're eating whole foods, you can't help but get enough protein. If you eat enough calories, if you, all you eat is oranges all day, mm -hmm. you're going to get enough protein. If all you eat is rice all day, you're going to get enough protein, you know, just depending on how many calories you have, because nutrition, the way that we tend to approach nutrition is, is kind of flawed. Like, we look at a, like an apple and we say, well, this is a fruit. And then we look at, you know, tofu or chicken and say, well, this is a protein. In reality, whole foods, they have fats, they have carbohydrates, and they have protein in them. Uh, bananas have protein. Fruit has protein. Lettuce has protein. And so, I mean, me, I basically eat fruits and vegetables. You know, I don't even eat like tofu or any of that. And I tend to get between like 60 to... 75 grams of protein a day, which is actually even more than the RDA, mm -hmm. just from fruits and vegetables, you know? Um, and so protein really isn't an issue. If you're going to eat enough, you're good. That's it. Yeah. Um, 
the bigger issue and the nutrient, I mean, it's not exactly a nutrient, but nutrition wise, that's linked to some of the greatest disease prevention is fiber. And I think over 70% of Americans are deficient in fiber. So we really need to not be asking, where am I going to get my protein? It's where am I going to get my fiber? And if you look at plant foods, they're the only foods that have fiber. Animal products don't have fiber. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, our, as a nation, we're, like, really constipated, you know, just <laughs> on, on large. Sure. Um, and that's when you get all kinds of things like diverticulitis, where people are straining, and then it bubbles out in the colon. There's all kinds of nastiness. Um, yeah. And, you know, everyone's always wanting fiber supplements and things. Just eat some fruits and vegetables, you know, like, you'll you'll be good. <laughs> and so, um, so that's kind of the protein thing. Um, and we actually... Another way to kind of approach it is we really do not need as much protein as people assume we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, excess, pro we, we need to worry more about getting too much protein. Yeah. But um, if you look at a human baby, when we're babies, that's the, the fastest that we ever grow. It's like the, the when we need the most like muscle and whatever building, you know, and like protein, that's what it does is it's going to, you know, generate new tissue, build muscle, all of these things. So when we're babies, that's when you would think, okay, that's probably like the most we would ever need. And if you look at human breast milk, it's only 6% protein, like calorically. Mm -hmm. So really, you can you can survive on 5 to 6% protein. You can even thrive on that. Mm -hmm. Americans tend to try to get like, you know, 20, 30, 60, whatever percent protein in their diet. And it's just right. it's kind of outrageous after a while. So, um, so that's kind of you know, protein in a nugget. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you said, you said you don't, you don't eat tofu or anything like that. You're primarily just like fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, I don't really, a lot of YouTube channels on a uh, vegan YouTube channels or vegan blogs or anything vegan. It's, it's you like a lot of times it's about, you know, cooking and recipes and, and I don't really do those too much. Um, I think I've done one or two videos where I talk about where I eat because what I want people to know is that to be vegan, you don't have to eat the way I eat. You don't have to eat just fruits and vegetables. You can be a junk food vegan. Uh -huh. Veganism on the whole is 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 a healthier and a, an improvement, but that's not to say you can't do it unhealthily. You definitely can. Um, Oreos are vegan. Sweet chili burritos <laughs> are vegan. You know, right. you can eat that all day. You're not going to be chips. like a, you know you're not going to be like the glowing vegan health model. Um, <laughs> but I want people to know that like there's such a range of foods to eat as vegan. And I actually, I find that when people go vegan, they tend to broaden their culinary, you know, concepts, because if you go, I mean, really, if you look at what, you know, we typically eat as Americans or even on by and large, if you look at cooking shows, what is it? It's, it's meat with some cheese and then some meat with cheese on it and some cheese filled meat. And like, I mean, there's not a whole lot of variety. Mm -hmm. Whereas with vegans, like, you almost have to get more creative and there's, there's kind of, you know, it's like you broaden your scope because it's like, right. well, I'm not going to do like meat covered in cheese. So maybe I'm going to do something else. Yeah. But, um, but the thing I tell people is like, you don't have to go from being, you know, like kind of a standard American diet to being a raw vegan who, you know, does coffee enemas <laughs> or something, which creeps me out. But, um, <laughs> You know, like you can literally take what you're eating now yeah. and substitute vegan options. You know, like if you wake up and you have cereal and milk, wake up and have cereal and almond milk. You know, if you if you like like sausage and bacon, get some vegan sausage and bacon. Like you don't have to like 
change your life in mm -hmm. one step, like literally just substitute. And then eventually, if you want to start adding fruits and vegetables and get healthier, do it. If you want to stay a junk food vegan, do it. Like my motivation is always ethics based. And so I don't care what you eat as long as it's vegan. The animals could really give a crap how much you weigh and what you look like <laughs> as long as you're sure. not eating them. They're happy, you yeah. know. So, so your your big your big motivation for uh, veganism is uh, has to do with the treatment of animals and. Yeah, I mean that's my personal, you yeah. know, motivation. Um, but the thing that's cool about veganism is whether you're in it for the ethics, or you're in it for your own health, or you're in it for the environmental reasons, which are astounding, mm -hmm. or you're in it for. Um, the social reasons that it's the only way we can feed the entire population is if, you know, the world shifts to a vegan diet. Then the great thing though is it doesn't matter what your motivation is. You're going to be helping all of those things anyway. Right. So you can, get, you can get into being vegan to look good and you're still going to be helping the environment, helping the hungry, you know, and helping the animals, you know. So really you, you kind of get to, you know, have all of them happen regardless of what it is that really moves you. Yeah. Which is, I try to like, I try to put out content that kind of hits all of those, but I'm definitely leaned a little more heavily towards the ethical side, just personally. Uh, you you mentioned something that I was going to ask you to maybe expand on a little bit, um, and that is the environmental impact of uh, meat production. So for the environmental thing, I actually have a video that I put out recently called Everything Wrong with Environmentalism in 11 Minutes or Less. And... I would really recommend that for anyone who's like interested in the environment because on the blog post, as I do with all of the educational ones, I have, I think I have almost a hundred different, um, journal citations and things on that one. But here are some like interesting facts that might, you know, kind of convey it. So, you know, like, and the interesting thing that I talk about in that is that environmental agencies don't really talk about animal agriculture and, the reason for that is because primarily donations, you know, they run on donations. And if you tell someone like, okay, you need to take shorter showers or you need to maybe recycle some stuff, people are like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. If you tell them to change their diet, that's one of the hardest things for people to accept. And people get very, very um, upset and passionate about that. Uh, so it's really not addressed, but here are some stats. Like, so animal agriculture, you know, we always hear about, um, fossil fuels, you know, fossil fuels are ruining the, the, the you know, the, um, the environment and we're going to have a hole in the ozone layer, all of these things. But the funny thing is, you know, they tell you to drive less, these, you know, carpool. Animal agriculture is responsible for 51% of all global emissions and all of transportation combined. That's like trains, planes, automobiles, every kind of transportation is 13% compared to 51 yeah. of livestock. Um, livestock is also responsible for 65% of all emissions of nitrous oxide and nitrous oxide. We always hear about CO2, but nitrous oxide is a greenhouse gas that has 296 times more destructive power than carbon dioxide. And it stays in the atmosphere for 150 years. And the thing is like, you also, like I said, we always hear about carbon monoxide, but, uh, or dioxide. But when you, um, if we were to stop all use of fossil fuels, like gas, oil, electricity, all of that, we're still going to exceed our carbon emissions um, just based on animal agriculture. Right. And um, if, if, you, if you make a change in CO2 in the environment, 
It takes over 100 years to show any significant change. However, if you reduce methane, which is primarily coming from animal agriculture, you're going to see a change immediately with significant changes within a decade. So, you know, we're always told to focus on CO2, but really, even if we change that, there's not going to be a significant, you know, effect within our lifetime. Um, you know, and then, I mean, there's so much when it comes to water, they focus on home usage, like take less showers, things like that. But 5% of water consumed in America is in the home. And then 20 to or 55% of water in America is used for animal agriculture. And then a third of the fresh water globally is used for animal agriculture. Um, you know, like there's, there's things like the Greek yogurts. Everyone loves these Greek yogurts. Like a six ounce serving of Greek yogurt takes 90 gallons of water to produce. One stick of butter takes 190 gallons or 109 gallons. Um, one pound of beef takes 2,500 gallons. So, what I did in this video is I looked at like a standard American consumption of um, meat, dairy, eggs, all of these things uh, for 2000, which is when we had like the latest one where they had good stats. And if you went vegan for one year, based on those statistics, you would save the same amount of water as if you didn't shower at all. This is not taking short showers, just not showering for 66 years if you took 15-minute showers or close to 100 years if you took daily 10-minute showers, yeah. both the water-saving shower head. So it's just like, I mean, the, <laughs> the changes you can make by going vegan are just not even close to any of like the, the right. go-green tactics. Why why do you think I mean why do you think it is that that we have such a blind such a blind spot to this stuff like you know like you said people are up in arms about fracking or people are up in arms about uh the whether your sprinklers are on or not or animal testing where uh you know at the same time if we all just stopped you know consuming animal products um it it would make a much more significant impact so i mean do you, do you have any thoughts or ideas as to why people just seem to not make it an issue yeah and you know i mean i get that question a lot especially from vegans who are like oh my gosh i don't understand why do the people not get it and and i did a video that got a lot of a lot of people angry too about the yulin dog festival because it's the same thing like people in america freak out about the Yulin Dog Festival, you know, because they're killing 10,000 dogs and they're, you know, slaughtering them and, and beating them to death and all of these things. And, and that's horrible. You know, I'm, I'm the first person to say, like, obviously, I don't think that's okay. But the, the, the strange thing is that, you know, we say, how could they do this? And then meanwhile, we're eating bacon and beef and uh, chicken and eggs and, right. And what people will say is, oh, well, these are someone's pets or, oh, well, they're beaten, you know, and in America, we treat them nicely. Like, go to a slaughterhouse. We do not treat them nicely. Like, I have the footage. And that's the thing. In that video, I did not put any graphic footage for a reason because I wanted people to actually listen. But I, any, any person who commented that, I'm like, look, I have some footage I can send you. If you, if you want to see what it's actually like in these slaughterhouses, pigs get dumped and pigs and chickens get dumped into scalding water all the time, which they also do the dogs in Yulin. You know, they, cows make it past the, you know, the, um, the captive bolt guns and they're alive when they get, when they get their throat slit. They're alive sometimes when they're dismembered. You know, like they're fully conscious when these things happen. And just because it's happening in some factory somewhere with, you know, sterilized floors rather than the back alleys of Yulin doesn't make any difference to that animal who's dying. You know, mm. for them, it's the same heart wrenching experience. So, I mean, 
the, I think the, the the distinction that we tend to make, and it's and it's completely just social indoctrination. Because if you grow up in one country, you're going to be eating dogs. If you grow up in another country, you're going to be loving dogs but eating cows. And then if you grow up in <laughs> India, you're gonna you would never eat a cow. You know, so it's just like. There's, there's no real reason, you know, it's not based on intelligence. Pigs are smarter than dogs and smarter than some three-year-old children in some tests. Mm. Like, so it's not about that. It's just, it's arbitrary. And I think to get to your actual question, I think the reason, one of the big reasons that people just will not, will not make this connection or just refuse to actually change their diet is honestly, um, a lot of it is comfort. A lot of it is the fact that as humans, we don't like change collectively. We don't want to do anything that's going to inconvenience us. And I mean, that's kind of a surface reason. I think one of the deeper reasons is that when you come to the point of, if you, if, I mean, if you come to the point of, of saying, okay, there is no difference between a dog and a pig. And, and what I'm doing is actually, you know, I need to actually change my behavior and I need to change the way I eat. I think that it can be so difficult to face that because if you kind of open your mind to that and admit that you're kind of having to be like, I have participated in this violence and I have participated in this injustice. Um, I've been a part of the destruction of the environment and taking food from the hungry. And, you know, I have, I've been part of this entire, you know, horrific ordeal that is happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that actual like acknowledging that is really it's really difficult and it's really heart wrenching because most of us want to think that we're good people. And we want to think that, you know, that we wouldn't harm an innocent being, you know? And so, but if you're going to go vegan, you kind of have to confront that, like you have been doing those things. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes is a little too much for people to, to get to. And so what comes out instead of, of that is, Oh, well, I need my protein and Oh, well, the animals are treated nice or, Oh, I buy, organic humane free range or mm-hmm. you know i know the guy that you know raises the chickens i eat and all of these things that really i don't think are really at the core of the objection i think it's more so that like people don't want to think that they're bad mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um so i think to me and this is like obviously this is just my own opinion but to me i think that's more at the core than anything else yeah, yeah. that uh yeah, that is very well well put. <laughs> Stings a little bit personally, um, uh, which is good, right? So uh, I, I have um, a few more questions, and then I, I will let you go. I want to be respectful of your time, but oh, yeah. uh, uh, these are probably the, uh, the the softball questions that you get a million of. But I'm <laughs> but I'm but I'm curious about, um, and it, you know whatever. Let's call this veganism for dummies. Um, uh, <laughs> Let's say, you know, today I, I – here's my struggle that personally that I've had. Um, I, I want to like, you know, I, I want to be vegan and I go to the grocery store and I have no idea what to do. Like I, I Googled, you know, whatever, vegan shopping lists and wrote some stuff down and then I just wander around and fill my cart with, you know, $200 worth of produce and then go home and <laughs> – and, you know, <laughs> eat half of it while the other half rots away or whatever. Um, uh, what can you just give me like a like how like starting tips for like the, the newbie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, there are all kinds of different like, uh, you know, vegan starter kits you can find through like 
like organizations like vegan outreach and stuff. And I've been meaning forever to create an e-course on this. Um, but I think kind of like I, I said, when we were talking at the beginning, I think I don't even know more informally perhaps, um, is, is, is to take it kind of, kind of look at what you're eating now, look at the habits that you have. And if you want, literally substitute, mm-hmm. you know, and what I tell people in the beginning is don't freak out at this point about, um, you know, like tiny byproduct ingredients, you know, like once you get further into, into being vegan, like you can start to refine things a little more. But at this point, like focus on like, is there meat? Mm-hmm. Is it dairy? Is it eggs? Mm-hmm. And if it's not those things, then kind of just, you know, and honey, obviously you also want to avoid honey, but like kind of focus on the big stuff um, at first, then you can kind of get into the minutia because, you know, there's different like things that can go like carmine, you know, is uh, carmine and carminic acid. It's it's a red food coloring that also does like it's red and purple and things that comes from uh, the crushed pregnant beetles, you know, and that's like, you know, the Starbucks strawberry frappuccino used to have that and then you know, people found out. And so they changed it, but you know, I wouldn't worry about that so much at this point. Um, so going into the grocery store, like one of the best kind of simple ideas is to shop on the outside. You know, you're going to get the produce, you're going to get the fresh goodness. Um, but you can also, you know, go to some of the most basic staples, you know, beans and rice. Like, and that's another thing people wonder about budget, like beans and rice, super cheap. And it's like totally vegan, you know, fruits, vegetables, beans, rice, quinoa, you know, um, which kind of sounds kind of foofy, but, um, if you're, if you're like, yeah, it does. It's good. And if you, if you are someone who's like, Oh my God, the protein, you know, quinoa (laughs) has protein. Um, if you want to get into like tofu and stuff, you can do it. Some people freak out about tofu, but you don't have to eat tofu to be vegan. It's okay. Um, there are one thing that is, is really good is, is, um, if you're someone who wants to kind of have, uh, the meat experience, you know, like for me, they're like the faux meats that are really accurate. They freak me out. Cause I don't like, you know, I've just never yeah. been a meat person, but, um, beyond meat is a brand that like they pride themselves in like creating the texture, like the taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're a really good brand for transitioning or for, you know, staying on if you want, because they try to make it pretty spot on. Like their chicken, if you like tear it, it has like the, you know, the, the, looks like chicken. Um, It was kind of creeps me out, but makes other people very happy. So, I mean, that's, that's something you can kind of do is do like, you know, meat substitutes, do, uh, dairy substitutes, uh, Daya cheese. It's like D A I Y A, um, is a really great vegan cheese. Vegan cheeses back in the day were like cardboard. They were awful. Mm. Um, but now they have cheese that melts. They, you know, you can even make your own cheese. You can make nacho cheese. Uh, you can, there's, uh, all kinds of vegan ice creams out there that are incredible. Um, I mean, it's just kind of like you, you kind of learn as you go and you can even, but like what I, like I said, what I, I going in circles, what I, what I kind of tell people is in the beginning, don't try to, to revolutionize the way you eat. Just, just substitute, just do some substitutes. Yeah. Um, and you know, like look at, look at what you normally eat and, and do it in a vegan way. Like if you're not someone who eats a, a lot of fruits and vegetables right now, like don't do like what you do and go buy 200, you know, dollars of fruits and vegetables because they're kind of rot. If you're not someone who's doing that right now, you're probably not going to do it tomorrow. You know, right now, just kind of eat the way that you like. If right now, if you, 
I mean, God forbid, if you were eating like hot dogs all day, go get some vegan hot dogs and just eat vegan hot dogs all day. Like, you know, like don't, don't try to revolutionize everything so quickly. Like you can get the animal product products out really quickly, but you don't have to like completely change your diet. If right. that, there's so many different vegan options these days that it makes it so much easier. Um, you can even like Google, like if you want to get really fancy, you can make your own veggie burgers and things. Um, <laughs> I know. Artisanal, uh, art, art, people get, artisanal people get vegan so fare. Me, I'm a very simple person. I'm not good in the kitchen. Yeah. I don't want to do anything that's going to take me time, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot of, I mean, that's why I eat, you know, like fruits and vegetables. They're ready. I don't right. have to do much. Um, I bought steaming is like my only skill. That's all I got. So um, <laughs> sure. you also don't have to be like, you know, like a five-star chef to be a vegan because I would die. I wouldn't make it. I, I feel I, I, th- I feel bad even asking, you know, as, after hearing the experience that you have maybe when you're around people that are consuming animal products, I feel bad even, you know. But what about, <laughs> what, what about my convenience? <laughs> How much yeah. is this going to cost me? No, and that's um, – <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I think sometimes it's important to kind of, I mean, for me, it's important to put it in perspective, you know, with, with ethics, like is my, is my desire is, is like my appetite and, and what I want to eat or like what tastes good to me or like, Oh, well I like it. Does that really matter more than someone's life? Like, yeah. I mean, that's how I look at it. And that sounds kind of crazy to some people are harsh because they're like, Oh, it's just a pig, you know, but it's like, you know, like, really, like, what? what is it my right to, like, say, like, oh, you have to die because I like bacon. Um, it just, it, it's kind of absurd when we look at it that way. And I think most people, if they had to confront their food and they had to look into the eyes of, you know, this pig or this chicken or this cow and, and then in their life, they probably wouldn't do it, yeah. you know? And, and that's kind of what I come to. Like, if we can't kill the animals ourselves like the fact that we have to pay other people to inflict this cruelty does that really give us the right to then eat its pro- its byproduct like you know it's like we we want it hidden away we don't want to see it we just want to to benefit from it um and it's kind of like you know if you can like there's something there's something amiss there you know um but for someone who's new they're not going to be making all of those connections and it might, that might not be something to, to be able to gut check yourself as far as like, well, you know, I really want to eat this, but I got to think about the animals. Cause when you're brand new, maybe that doesn't maybe it doesn't even connect yet, you know, and that, and that's fine. Cause there's usually a bit of a, a bit of a time before that happens, if it ever happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are totally ways to make veganism cheap and convenient. Um, you know, like some of the fastest food, like we've talked about, like fruit is really fast food. Like it's ready. Right. There. <laughs> um, you can, you can pack meat with dates. Especially, oh my, no one's ever tried. Okay. So a lot of people, when I say dates, they've tried like the shriveled, nasty, dried, hard as a rock, like deadlit nor dates in their like grocery store. And they're disgusting. If you order like really good dates, like, like some organic medjool dates, it's like, it's like candy. It like melts in your mouth. It's like the sugariest, tastiest stuff you can ever eat. If you're a big sweet tooth person, like they will make you so happy. And dates are great for flying and stuff. You pack them. They're very compact. They're, they're more calorically dense, but it's not like people, Oh, sugar. I can't have sugar. It's not, there's a difference between processed sugar and sugar that comes in a beautiful fiber package that slows the absorption of the sugar into your bloodstream, you know? So, and that's what fruit is unless you're like, juicing it like you're getting this you're getting the fiber you're getting uh all of the you know like the, the nutrients like the very nutrient dense um that you need bananas are great for that you know all kinds of fruit very fast food 
Uh, like I said, beans and rice, super, super cheap. Um, yeah. I ha- There's even some ramen that's vegan. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> I have a friend of mine who was um, – was homeless for a good period of time and was vegan. Hmm. Like, so it's totally, it's totally doable. Yeah. Um, And more and more there are, you know, more vegan restaurants out there. And, and a lot of the things that people eat already are vegan. They just don't think about it. Um, One video that I would recommend people checking out if they're worried about convenience is I have a video called, and if you go to my website or you go to my YouTube channel on YouTube channels, they have like, if you go to the actual channel page, there's a little search. It's like a little, um, my, uh, what is it called? Not, not a microscope, magnifying glass. And you can like search for a term. So there's a video called, um, vegan gas station food challenge where I was moving from Florida to Massachusetts. And I stopped at this podunk gas station in the middle of like, you know, backwater Florida. And I went into this gas station to see what was vegan. And there was a lot of options, you know, and it's a freaking gas station in the middle of country, you know? So, uh, there's, there's a lot more like kind of hidden things than people really think about um and you can get all kinds of good they even have i was really surprised they had these like specialty vegan cookies there which was really weird like this is like this is not like you know florida number one is not super vegan friendly and this was like super like country area florida so um you start to get more of like the the vegan radar eventually as you get into it yeah i'm sure find options well emily I uh I really appreciate you taking the time to talk today. Yeah, um, absolutely. I want to make sure that people can find you if they're looking for is is your website uh the best place for people to go? Uh yeah, I mean you can go to to bitesizevegan.com. Um it's not size duh. A lot of people think it's size. Well, actually, I think I bought that domain because so many people get it wrong. Uh but yeah, you can go to bitesizevegan.com. There you can also find my my YouTube channel which is the kind of the backbone of everything. And my other social media links, you can contact me through my website. Uh, I answer every email personally. Sometimes it takes me a week or more just because I'm, 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 I'm the, the one person doing it. Um, but, but I do get there. And, um, I, you know, I just want people to know it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, even though the, the repercussions of going vegan are earth shattering more or less, it doesn't have to like, you know, shatter your life entirely. You know, I think I do believe that it will change you as a person. Um, but it's not going to happen overnight and it doesn't have to be this huge, you know, Oh my God, I'm going to go vegan, you know, you know, (laughs) and, and, and another thing too, is like, there's no prerequisite, like for, for a vegan type, like you don't have to be a liberal. You don't have to be a hippie. You can be a Republican vegan. You can be a Christian vegan. You can be a Muslim vegan. Like you, there, it's no respecter of persons. I've always said there are enough animals to not kill and enough cruelty to not inflict for all of us. Like we don't, it doesn't, there's no typical vegan. Yep. Anyone can be vegan. Yeah. So that's just kind of what I want people to know. And, um, and that it's like, you know, everyone's welcome. And if you talk to vegans who are douches, just, just, you know, don't, <laughs> I know it happens. Sure. And that's the thing of any group out there, the people that are the loudest are going to be the douches. Yeah. And so just kind of know that there's others out there who aren't douches. Um, and we want to actually help you get to, to, to where you want to be. So that's awesome. Well, thank you, Emily. I, uh, I appreciate it very much. Well, Well, um, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Christy, I thought maybe we could start off the discussion with, um, you listened to the interview. Mm -hmm. What, what are your initial thoughts about the interview? And you know, I know that you also have had different phases in your life with 
meat and no meat and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you have any. I do have some thoughts. I think that she had um, really great things to say. Uh I, um, so I don't know how much you want to get into my story of it, but when I was 10, I decided I didn't want to eat meat anymore because I made the connection of what that meant. Yeah. Um, and that was a really difficult time in the eighties to be, be a vegetarian because basically your options are, um, cheese based thing, cheese and pasta based things mm-hmm. or tofu, not in the way we think of tofu now, just this big slimy white block. Yeah. And my mom already wasn't that good of a cook. She's a good baker, but not a good cook. Yeah. So to tell her that now there's some kind of restriction going to be going on, it just, I ate a lot of grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> um, we had this, I had this ongoing joke that a person can't live off side dishes alone. It was mm-hmm. always like whatever the side was mm-hmm. is that that was what my dinner was going to be. When you have a full menu, there's, there's so many more options now, but in the eighties, it was a lot of potatoes potato salad i mean even 80s and also being in the midwest yeah salads were iceberg lettuce with thousand island dressing and cheddar cheese it still is to this day if you go to minnesota that's what a salad bar is um so very limited choices they didn't have all this um fake meat substitutes or whatever at the time um and then growing up then it started to be released these you know you could get um sausage morning star sausage and veggie burgers and i just sort of and she touched on this that i wasn't eating meat because one the killing of the animals and two texture texture is the the thing that started me not liking it to begin with and then when i realized i was eating muscle and flesh mm-hmm. that kind of put put it over the edge for me yeah. so to try to eat something that was basically chemicals and stuff put together to try to act like meat and taste like it was almost weirder than actually eating meat. I mean, it's not because nothing's being murdered for it. Yeah. But, um, so I didn't eat any of those substitutes either for a while. And then in high school, I was vegan for a couple months and it's too hard cause I love cheese. Yeah. And then there was a diet book called like skinny bitch in the kitchen or something like that that's all vegan yeah and um i did that for a while but like she said it was basically junk food vegan because you can do you can be vegan and eat even more unhealthy than you are now um especially because a lot of prepackaged food can be vegan um but yeah it's interesting yeah yeah i I appreciated a lot about what she had to say, and I appreciate a lot about her website. Um, the biggest things that I appreciated are that she has such a uh, – she casts a wide net. She makes it very easy. You know, she – I appreciated the kind of just start where you are, you know. She even said you can be a junk food vegan. Like, you can <laughs> – you can. there's a lot of different ways you can do it, especially when you're getting started. Like, don't worry so much about the all the crazy, you know – food dyes that might have animal byproducts or mm-hmm. whatever in them. Um, so, I mean, do you, do you think that it's something that you would ever do or explore or think about? The, another thing that's hard about it is at the time when I was doing it and it was more junk food is it's hard to cook for one person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, I don't know if someone cooked it for me, 
yeah, I would, yeah. I'd be all over it if they did the grocery shopping and <laughs> yeah. read all the packages and prepared it. I would definitely eat it. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not opposed to it if because it was easy or something. Re- so right now, what happened is I started doing, I started eating fish probably ten years ago. Um, I just was anemic mm-hmm. and um getting sick and I needed protein and I wasn't getting it. I mean, I know she says that we don't need that much protein or you get it from broccoli, but I wasn't getting enough from broccoli. So I needed to substitute it. So I, I started eating fish, but even that is very limited because if it's too meaty or mm-hmm. textury, I have to either overcook yeah, it or I can't, can't do it. No, any bones or no bones, right? No, f- no skin on yeah, it. Like you need to have a lot not have of anything rules around that. That reminds you that it's coming from an animal. Basically. Right, right. And then, um, I started doing paleo and the, and I had meals delivered and fish was too expensive or they couldn't come up with enough things. So I had a chicken and that's the same way. It has to be chicken breast that's cut up to the yeah. point. I mean, you have to do it for me, cut it up or like completely shredded to the point where it doesn't even look like it anymore. Yeah. Um, and just, I mean, just for that. And then of course, um, I had a bacon wrap date Yeah. and <laughs> Yeah. And loved that. So those are the two things I'll have is chicken completely murdered beyond its. Chicken fish and bacon. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I tweeted today something like I saw a tweet from the Seattle City Council saying that we're at like stage two water rationing Mm -hmm. and they're they're asking people to cut back on showers and to be aware of that kind of stuff. And um I just thought, like, I just t- tweeted, hey, this is, uh, if if everybody, if we were that worried about, if everybody stopped eating meat, we'd save a bunch of water, which is something that I, you know, I have always known to be true. And then after talking to Emily and looking into some of her videos and, which, by the way, all of her videos and all of the stuff on her site is research-based. It's mm-hmm. really well thought through and planned out. And cited, she has the um, citations for everything yeah, on all of the stuff. Great. So she puts a lot of work into those, and they're they're really they're really well done, and they're really well cited, which I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate very much. But somebody wrote back to me and said, "Are you are you gonna are you becoming a vegetarian?" Mm-hmm. And um, you know, this is something just on a personal level that I've been thinking about for a while because I've been just uh, as you know, you like watch different documentaries and just through the course of learning about stuff like talking to Emily about that stuff, watching those videos, reading some of the stuff that people post, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I am becoming more and more aware or it's become something that I'm more and more interested in. So somebody wrote and said, are you becoming a vegetarian? And my honest response when I think about all of this is that I'm kind of running out of reasons not to mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I, if I look at it in just a sane rational way you know i i kind of try and look at the world through you know what i'm here for whatever 70 80 years or what however long i'm going to be here and you know i i feel like we are con- you know hopefully regularly progressing and evolving as a society and you know i have hope and goodness in my heart and hope that we're improving and you know trying to take care of the world that we live on and all that kind of stuff. Just like want to be a responsible citizen of 
humanity. And I, I feel like if you just look at the facts that are presented, I, I, I feel like you can make a huge impact by not eating meat. Like just by not eating meat, you can save more water than if you stop showering completely. And I mean that just the environmental impact alone is is a pretty compelling reason to cut meat out of your diet. Just that, sure. like just the just the environmental impact, not not the treatment of animals, not all that kind of stuff. So I feel like I don't know. It's so weird that I can, and maybe a little bit upsetting that I can have the knowledge of have that knowledge. And you know, I've obviously I've had meat <laughs> i've had mm -hmm. animal products since i had this conversation with emily or as i've learned all this stuff so it seems weird that it seems weird that i can have that. i don't know where that disconnect is you know i don't know mm -hmm. what i don't know why i'm hesitant in like taking that step and just doing it yeah what i don't understand is how people justify the different an animals they're willing to eat and those that are it's it's murder yeah. if you kill a dog and right. to eat it yeah it's disgusting and it's it's gross but it's okay to kill a cow that's yeah. dinner it does i struggle i struggle a lot with the hypocrisy and um i i doubt it with dollamore has been talking about this on their last couple of shows uh, episode 145 and 146 their last couple shows that they put out they've been kind of touching on this as it uh relates to the whole cecil the lion situation which mm -hmm. you know that that's that's old news at this point everybody's right. moved on to the new thing that they're upset about or whatever but um but you know it, it does feel hypocritical to me that i saw so many people being so wildly outspoken about the out egregiousness of this Cecil the lion being murdered or whatever, all of those people consume animal products. Mm -hmm. And so it feels, the rage feels very displaced. Well, you don't know if all of them do. Well, I'm, I'm oh, okay. The majority of them probably do, or, or a, a very large majority of them probably do. So it just feels, it feels very misplaced and it feels very hypocritical. I don't know if maybe it's a way for them to, because I mean, I, I, agree that it's bad and i also agree that you know the treatment of animals and the environmental impact of animal products that we consume and all that kind of stuff i i also agree that that's bad i'm not saying that it has to be one or the other but i just it it feels very it feels very misplaced to me and it, i'm it it also it's very curious to me that we as a society it feels like you know there's lots of smart people out there and so I feel like even if you don't, even if you don't give a, even if you don't give a shit about the animals, look at the environmental impact, look at the, uh, you know, the, the financial impact or the economic impact, I mm -hmm. guess, of, of these animal products. It's expensive. It's wasteful. I mean, I, I just feel like even from an economic perspective, from an environmental impact perspective, like that enough seems like it should be at least something that we're talking about more. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be militant, like this is something that needs to be forced on everybody. But it seems like maybe something that at least could start to become more of a main conversation piece. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen a, 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 you know, 10 news stories about, not watering your lawn 
but nobody's talking about the fact that that's, you know, watering your lawn is, or you know, all of our municipal water usage or whatever, that's 15% or whatever. That's a very small percentage of the water usage that mm-hmm. the, the amount of water that we use as a country. So it just seems, it seems weird to me that it's not more of a primary conversation and I'm not quite sure where that disconnect is. Well, just, um, the land that's used for food to feed the wild or the livestock yeah. could, if they replaced it with crops that could feed people, there would be no one hungry. Yeah. I mean, they could feed all of the homeless people. They could feed all of the children that don't so, have food to eat. So what? why, why do you think it is that we're not all vegetarian? <laughs> I mean, why do you think it is that there's not legislation going to place about like, this or you know what would the legislation we, be oh i don't know tax meat a you know a shit ton or put a put like a water usage tax on these animal products that use such an egregious amount of, mm-hmm. of the resources. problem with that is that then the farmers just get subsidies to make up for that mm-hmm. i it, i don't know i mean i'm not saying that that's not a good idea but i don't think taxing something that much i mean that just makes it harder for um people without resources to be able to get nutritious food Mm -hmm. i'm not not even arguing about whatever that it's not necessarily that good for you oh okay i'm just saying that when um when they do a calorie balance of people under a certain income and they're barely able to function with the amount of calories that they're getting per day. And then we say, Oh, but that ground beef that you're using to feed your family for a week and it's easy to stretch it out and put in a bunch of ingredients. Um, you, now you have to pay $3 on top of that. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, I mean, it just seems. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily. I that I that could be it. I don't. I won't pretend to have a full understanding of the subject. To, I think. I, I, I think people need to make themselves aware of it and yeah. choose it on their own. Yeah. And well, that will be less uh, supply and demand. That's how this this. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Free that's how market. The economy free works. market system. Baby. So I, if everyone was aware of it using water and mm-hmm. and everything and and also where they can get their calories but that's the that's the problem is that an organic orange is how many more times i don't even know the numbers than than buying a twinkie mm-hmm. and if you if you're well, there only are, there are cheap solutions rice and beans and that kind of stuff is cheap the meat industry is a very uh rich lobby mm-hmm. it will never go through and they are they make it so that these things don't get known there's little documentaries you can watch fork over knives mm-hmm. um uh, what is it diet for a new america um all those things are great uh food ink that's a really good one um but at the same time it's just they make it cheaper and cheaper and the government is subsidizing that so like i said you can feed a family of four on something terrible for them for a week and 
salad and vegetables and I mean, rice and beans are, are relatively cheap, but, um, nutritious whole foods are very expensive. Mm -hmm. So it's almost as if it's almost a luxury to be able to choose that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I understand what you're saying there. And I mean, I and think, I'm not against it because I choose that for myself. Yeah. So I'm not against it. I'm just saying that it's not, I don't think that the solution is to tax it out of existence. Sure. I mean, that was just an example because you asked me offhand, you asked me what legislation. I just, I guess overall my hope is that, my hope is that these issues can become more of a, more of a conversation point because my, my honest belief. And if, I mean, if there's people out there that have data that shows otherwise, or, you know, have other uh, viewpoints or whatever, I would love to hear it. But my, my personal belief is the more I get into this, I mean, I have, there's personal reasons, obviously just talking about the ethical treatment of animals and that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. I mean, just from a environmental impact, from an economic impact, that kind of stuff, I feel like the, the data seems pretty clear that it's a more responsible, I feel like it's a more responsible choice, you know? And like I said, on a personal level, I'm, I'm running out of reasons not to, not to change, you know, the, mm -hmm. the food that I eat and the, the products that I consume, I guess. So I don't know. I hope that it can become more of a, more of a conversation point, you know? in the with us or in general <laughs> just in general okay you know society as a whole i i hope to start some conversations about it maybe this will start some conversations about it you never know as uh jesse says on i doubt it with dolmore they always are trying to move the conversation forward okay so i guess i'm doing my part sounds good <laughs> uh so christy mm -hmm. would uh would you mind if I share T minus some of three this? minutes and counting? Five, four, three, two, one. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Are you ready? Are mm -hmm. you excited? So this last Monday, uh, August tenth, this Monday, the crew of the International Space Station actually enjoyed a meal of red romaine lettuce that was grown on the International Space Station. I have a question. Yes. Before they eat it. Do they put it in a food dehydrator? No. Okay. No. No, this was actually green, leafy, like not reconstituted food. I think, I can't remember. I feel like it was eaten with beans and some kind of cheese sauce mm -hmm. <laughs> and a tortilla. Every time I've seen astronauts eating, there's a lot of tortillas. Oh, there's a lot so of tortillas perfect. involved because they, they take the tortilla, they take something some kind of substrate, sticky substance like beans mm -hmm. and spread it on the tortilla. And then they can so they're stick, vegan. they can stick other stuff to it. So they can stick whatever hot dogs or mm -hmm. I've seen them eat lots of different things, but they, a lot of, a lot of tortillas going on. So yeah, they, they, uh, they didn't dehydrate, they didn't dehydrate it. Uh, they, but they did, they had disinfectant wipes that they wiped it down with. Um, they ate half of the lettuce that they grew, and the other half has been frozen and will return to Earth in one of the um, one of the pods, you know, probably a dragon capsule that comes back down to Earth. Mm -hmm. And it was grown in these little, like, they call them pillows, but it, imagine like a sealed Ziploc bag that had soil in it and the seeds. Mm -hmm. And they, they prepared them all, you know, so from the same seed, same batch, all that stuff, they 
you know, watered, they activated them, some of them on Earth and grew them, tested everything to make sure it'd be okay from that all that same batch. They sent mm-hmm. the other half up to the space station. It was on the space station for about a month and a half, I believe. And then one of the astronauts activated it, they called. So probably just added some water to the seed, basically. And then it uh, it grew and uh, and they eat it. They, they eat it. They eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and did they give a thumbs up? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, they're uh, the they're doing the experiment because uh, NASA is on this thing called the pathway to Mars. Basically, we're trying to get um, people, humans to Mars and uh, they, they want to be able to grow their own food, obviously. I mean, for obvious reasons, so they can have re uh, replenishable. What's the word I'm thinking of? That's not single use, not stuff that needs to be resupplied, but that resupplies itself. They can send a bunch of seeds up and, mm-hmm. um, sustainable, I guess is the renewable, renewable, renewable. is the word okay. that I'm looking for. They want to have renewable food sources for obvious reasons, but also a huge impact or a huge reason that they want to have it is for, uh, it's just for morale, m- morale, because they feel like it's going to help the astronauts in times of isolation when they could feel, you know, depressed or separated from humanity for obvious reasons. Um, it will help them feel better emotionally to be able to have fresh fruit and vegetables and things that they can actually eat, which is part of the reason that they're doing these experiments where they're growing food on the space station. I'm just glad they don't dehydrate it first. Yeah, why? Because all the space food is dehydrated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a joke, Jeremy. I see. Space joke. Oh, I see. Got it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. uh, Thank you for that, Christy. You're welcome. You can use that one if you want. I appreciate it. Um, All right. Well, we're... uh, little longer than we usually record we're uh this is a little bit longer episode than we usually put out but we have lots to talk about good (laughs) christy is there anything else you wanted to say or do you want to uh take this plane in for a landing let's land it let's land this bad boy um guys be sure to check out be sure to check out our uh guests our guests website bite size vegan dot com she's got lots of great uh content on there ton all of her videos uh, her youtube channel like she said it's kind of the backbone of what she does but there's links to every all of her stuff on the website and it like i said um it's it's well thought out it's um i don't know it's got it's got me thinking quite a bit anyway so uh, i definitely appreciate her coming on and we would love to hear your thoughts you guys um are you a vegan are you not do you are you pescatarian or you know whatever what what do you consume and why do you choose to consume and do you care and do you think it matters um and will you take a selfie of yourself while eating a piece of tofu (laughs) is what we want to hear and you can find all of our contact information nerdoutloudpod.com facebook twitter all that fun stuff is all on there and we would love to uh We'd love to hear from you. So, with that, Christina, you have any last words? Never eat cake for breakfast. <laughs> Especially if it has animal byproducts in it. <laughs> <laughs> Let your nerd flag fly! <laughs> that was a weak. That was a bad one.